Shuffle up and down the court. I like slam dunks and take me to the hook. My favorite play is the alley oop. I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. <laughs> to the hoop, y'all. Yes. Ha ho! Here I go. Face. Watch me. Deal. 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 Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week two of First Aid Hoops Radio. I'm your host Chris Stevens and so far we really have had a lot of fun covering high school basketball in the state of Delaware and we definitely want to thank everyone for the kind words and the feedback for what we're doing. We really just are covering this for the love of the game. It's not, you know, to be in competition with anyone. We're not trying to take away from anyone else's readership, viewership, or what have you, but we just want to give people a different option and being able to do podcasts, being able to put together highlight videos and recaps and different things is really has really been fun for us. And the positive feedback we've gotten so far has been great. And we want to thank you guys for that. And we want to encourage you to, you know, just keep tuning in because we've got a lot of good stuff planned. And this week's podcast, we have not one, not two. But three interviews. We'll be talking to uh, Conrad girls head coach John Collegia following their big win over St. Elizabeth's. We'll be talking to uh, Archmere head coach Dan Pisani about the Archmere girls' potential for a breakout season. And we'll be talking to Mount Pleasant boys basketball coach Lisa Sullivan following the Green Knights' big win over Newark High this past Saturday. It's rare you get a top five matchup in boys and girls basketball this early in the season. That's what Saint and Conrad gave us on Thursday at Conrad. Saney's was shorthanded, though, missing Benai Ward-Mayo, January Tate, and Ashley Campbell. But the Vikings hung tough, making a game pretty much until the fourth quarter when Conrad took over and walked away with a 60-44 win, moving to 2-0 on the season before they went down to the She Got Game Classic this weekend in the DMV area. And we talked to Red Bulls head coach John Collegia about the result, the season at large, and not being satisfied with such a big victory. I guess a shorthanded team, even though they, you know, made it interesting towards the end, you had to be pleased with the way your girls closed out, especially Nye down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nye did a really nice job down in the post. Uh, we obviously had that advantage with her and Steph. You know, they don't have any six-footers out there on the court. We had two, you know, six-four and, and, and Steph at six-foot. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's early in the season. Like I told our girls is we have 20 games and 20 games to kind of get it right. And, you um, I'm not too worried right now. I'm, I'm not exactly happy with the way we played. I think we could have played better. We could take care of the ball. We could defend better. You know, an, an overall game. Um, you know, a lot of people would be satisfied with a 16-point win, and the girls will tell you in the locker room they're not happy. They know they can play better. They know we're a better basketball team. Um, credit to St. Elizabeth's. You know, they, they did some different things tonight, and um, you know, we didn't respond as well as we can or as well as you know the way we're capable of. In general, you know, not a lot of teams say that they can have the same starting fire for what is this third year in a row now? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Just how does that kind of continuity and that kind of chemistry kind of help when things aren't necessarily, you know, going according to plan? And I think I told you in our little preseason report is they're a close knit. They're they're like, you know, 10 sisters. And I mean that there's zero drama on our basketball team. They all get along. Um, They do a lot of things together. 
and um, it certainly helps. And even in the off season, I mean, we have other kids. We have a kid who plays volleyball, another kid who plays soccer, other kids doing other things, and um, you know, they they are, are just such a tight knit group. They. Um, you know, they enjoy being around each other. We've got another dispatch from the Diamond State Conference for you, and it comes from Archmere, where the Archmere girls are off to a 2-1 start following a 59-13 victory over Howard this past Tuesday. We talked to Aux head coach Dan Pisani after the game about this Aux team's potential for a breakout season with their reborn athleticism, defense, and ability to run the floor. What did you want this team to take um, from tonight? Obviously, you know, it's a whole different team that you've seen from Howard in years yep. past, but obviously your girls jumped on them and didn't pretty didn't pretty much didn't let up. Just what was the game plan for the most part tonight? You know, we were coming off a yeah. tough loss on Saturday. We had a tough loss at Marie on Saturday, and the goal today was just to come out and we said let out the frustrations from Saturday. I think we still have some frustration with the way we played there last year. We know we went to Howard last year it was probably one of the worst games we played last season. They really took it to us there, and we want to. We know how good we can be, and we want to prove that to ourselves day in, day out when we go out. So we want to come out, and we want to jump on them this game and really execute the way we know we can execute against a team that we thought we could beat. Obviously, you have senior leadership on hand, but Lauren Kim, sophomore guard, played exceptionally well today. What does a game like this do for her confidence as the season progresses? Um, you know, she's been a key piece for us. Like I said, we start four seniors, and, we, and, and these kids have – been together for the last few years so to throw Lauren into the mix she's still learning kind of our system and how to play with these girls but she's been doing a phenomenal job and and for her to come out and keep scoring for us is hopefully just kind of gearing up her confidence for the big ones we have coming up I mean she played a really nice game at Villa Maria on Saturday where she had 16 points and really was a driving force for us um and she's a real key piece of the puzzle, and she's going to have a great career here. With the mix of, you know, returners and, you know, younger players getting this type of experience, especially in a in a, in a, in a division, um, the girls' division, where it just seems like there is a, you know, a top tier, a middle tier, and a bottom tier, just how important is it for you to have these girls understand that they can compete with the Conrads, the Caravels, the Ursulines, the Sanfords, and so on? Uh, it's real important because we, we, you know, you know, we think, you know, obviously there's a clear-cut top two or three this year, right? That I think everyone knows. Yeah. And um, well, we went out and we scrimmaged Sanford, and we have Conrad on our schedule. We have Caravan. We have St. E's. And to our girls' credit, they, you know, they want to go out and they want to compete in those games. They want to go out and they want to beat some of these teams. Um, they work hard every day for that. And knowing that in a game like this, we can play. I think we played 14 kids tonight. We can play 14 kids. And I felt like tonight we didn't drop off. I mean, we yeah. were. Uh, we had kids, I mean, I know a couple of our kids who came up the bench, who came up the bench late, did a really, really nice job. Bridget Hamburg had a couple big shots for us. I thought Maggie Dempsey just did one heck of a job on the boards for us when she came in. We had kids who came in late in the game and just kind of kept that level up. And that translates back to our practice because if that group can do that same thing in practice against our starters, it's only going to make our starters better and better for those games. And just lastly, you know, there's about, about, 80% of season left, obviously, a long ways to go. But through the first three games, what do you see from this team that you are very confident in, you know, as you get towards the, the meat of the season and the schedule? Um, you know, first thing we know is right off the bat is we're fast. We're fast than we've been. It's allowing us to do some different things. I mean, the press, the transition, that's all kind of new for us. We're putting all that in. But the most important thing is this group is gritty. And we really learned that Saturday. We had a real physical battle with a very good Philip Maria team. And 
and this team, our girls were on the floor. They were battling. We took some injuries in that game. And the same thing tonight. It's just a gritty bunch, and they just they work hard during loose ball. We had kids get on the floor. We, we forced, I mean, there was a lot of jump balls this game. We get our hands to the ball, and this group's tough. And that's the stuff that, if you, that's that intangible. That's that X factor where if we can be tough and, and we can not back down from teams we might have backed down from in the past, we're going to have a chance to compete. The names and faces may change, but the results are usually the same for Mount Pleasant boys basketball, and that means they'll probably be in the state tournament again this year, as they've been mostly every year under head coach Lisa Sullivan. And the Green Knights walked away with a big 58-53 win over Newark this past Saturday. We talked to Coach Sullivan after the game about a multitude of things, from switching from flight B to flight A for what seems like the second straight enrollment cycle, more attention to detail with this team, and the lack of expectations and the lack of a target on their back, which will probably help the Green Knights relax as the season progresses. This is one of those games that, you know, helps build the team's character. You know, when you get to January, February, and eventually March. Just talk about how, how the guys were able to keep their composure after that 15-point lead, you know, kind of vanished after a while. Yeah, we can uh, take it away, or we can give it to the other team also. <laughs> so it's just about staying positive. Every, it's a varsity sport. Everybody's going to make runs, so we have to make sure that we're staying positive and staying on the plus thing. I told him the glass is always half, half, half full rather than half empty. Always, you always have to look at that half glass as half full instead of half empty, and good things will continue to happen. In previous years, I'm not sure if it's been the same, you know, with this group. You know, you were able to run two different, you know, five-person you know, five person lineups out there. Just talk about what about this team this year you like in, in terms of, you know, your personnel and what you hope to get out of this group, you know, as the season progresses. I like this. This team has no expect expectations. There's not a target on our back. So we just get to go out there and we're hungry. I told them to play like dogs. Everything we get, we're going to earn. That's how we're going to get it done. And they brought into a system. I have eight new kids in the system, and we're just really, you know, coming together and we're learning to gel. You know, we have a tough schedule. Like, we started on a Saturday, so we played Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, today. Then we play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. Mm. So we're, we're mm. going to see where we're at. And just generally, you know, with, um, you know, this is the team. I mean, Newark, obviously, you guys have switched places now. Just yes. how coach and as the players go you know between flight a and flight b or is it just you know whoever's on the schedule it's, it's fortunately for me in in probably the past eight ten years we've always played most of flight a schools or flight b schools anyway so it really didn't matter flip-flopping too much i mean it matters in terms of like like when you're voting for all conference um you know that can get a little you know crazy but right. you know just because they don't know the kids as well because they haven't seen them for four years like maybe you know, some of the teams in there. But, you know, like, I mean, there's a years where, you know, I have a student that's first team all state and one is a unanimous first team all conference. So yeah. it's that's difficult too. Right. But no, it, it doesn't make much of a difference. Basketball is basketball. And, you know, we're blessed where, you know, we've had the talent to compete whatever flight we're in. Lastly, just what do you want, what's the lesson from today's game? You know, what did you want the guys to take throughout the rest of the season? Obviously, you're going to have. About 20 more games after this. Just what do you want them to take from this going forward? I want them to learn. So, like, at halftime, we talk about Newmark's going to come out and they're going to throw haymakers and they're going to try to speed you up. And we can't – we have to be able to pump the brakes. And I don't think we did a great job. Obviously, we didn't. We lost the lead. So we didn't do a good job of realizing that, you know, we still have the lead. So even though they're going 100 miles an hour, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to go 100 miles an hour. Right. We're going to take the shot we want instead of the shot they want us to take. 
Sounds good. All right, yeah. Coach. Approaching the final buzzer on this week's edition of First Day Hoops Radio, and I wanted to talk about a man who doesn't really affect Delaware High School basketball, but as far as podcasting and radio goes for people of color, black people like myself, I have to say thank you to the legendary Tom Joyner who signed off of his Tom Joyner morning show after 25 years of being nationally syndicated for anybody, black, white, whatever. That is a huge accomplishment. But Mr. Joyner for so many years has been a lightning rod, a spark plug for changing the black community strictly through radio. He was born in Tuskegee, Alabama. He was originally supposed to be a member of the Commodores, but when the band didn't take off, in quick order, his family told him to go make money another way, and he actually got in the radio by protesting that the that the radio station in town of a black town that had a black college wasn't playing black music, so he got the job by default. <laughs> Mr. Joyner eventually went on to host the Ebony Showcase TV show in the early 80s and earned the nickname of the Fly Jock. He um, was offered a morning radio position in Dallas, Texas, and a drive time position in Chicago, Illinois. So instead of picking and choosing, he chose both. He would do the morning show in Dallas, then go to the airport, fly to Chicago, do it in the afternoon, and then come back home and do the whole process all over again for the entire week. He did that for eight years. He said he accumulated over 7 million frequent flyer miles. And that's why he's called the Fly Job. Of course, he went on to be um, known for the syndicated Tom Jordan morning show that started in 1994. He's raised over $65 million for black college, you know, scholarships. He's done voter registration drives. He's done take a loved one to the doctor day, which, you know, for black people, we have a fear of the doctor for some reason. But Tom, you know, made it OK that, you know, it's OK to take your health seriously. And he's just been a person that if you have a, if you if you've been if you're black and you have a dream of being a radio or you host a podcast or just in general, like, you know, to support your own people, there's no better, you know, person to look up to than Tom Joyner. So for me, this is my eighth year of podcasting. And Tom was one of the people that I studied when I wanted to start doing podcasting. So I definitely want to thank Tom Joyner for his contributions to radio, to the well-being of others, and just enjoy retirement, sir. I mean, I know this probably isn't the way you wanted to go out, but... We are going to give you your flowers while you still can smell them. I doubt you'll probably hear this, but we just definitely want to give you a huge gratitude of thank you. And that's why, you know, the First Day Hoops Report was born basically out of wanting to create my own thing. And when I saw what Tom Joyner did with Tom Joyner Morning Show with Reach Media, with his foundation and different things, I said, I can do this too. So definitely want to thank Mr. Tom Joyner for all of his you know, for contributions. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of First Aid Hoops Radio. This week on the blog, we will be introducing some new features. We've got college updates coming and we've got a special Throwback Thursday post coming. If you missed last week's Throwback those throwback Thursday post, excuse me, you can go to our Twitter feed and check the YouTube video that we posted of uh, Caraville head coach Kristen Caldwell becoming the first girl in Delaware history to score 2,000 points. She got a kick out of it, as did everyone else that saw the post. So we're going to do a whole lot of throwback Thursday posts, you know, through our research and crack, crack research staff and other stuff. So we're evolving. And if you have any contributions, if you know of anybody playing in college, if any high school basketball players in the state have reached milestones, please reach out to us. First State Hoops Report. That's, spelled all, that's all spelled out, but it's all put together. 
firststatehoopsreport at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys for listening, and until next time, keep on shooting your shot. Yeah.